I have to constantly be thinking about <clears throat> the people that would be before me when we teach. I have to be thinking about myself before I teach. And there are some passages that are a little bit more challenging for some people. I'm not sure if this will resonate with anybody like it does with me, but sometimes when you're having a conversation with someone and you hear a word like never or every or all, for some of us, our ears perk up very, very carefully at that point. In fact, I used the word every in my ABF group not too many weeks ago. And I was not as careful with what followed. And there was somebody listening with a very intentional ear to see if that was true. Because when you use the word all, there's not a whole lot of different ways to define that, right? When you use the word never, there's not a whole lot of ways to define that. The same with the word every. I'm telling you this because I want to prepare you. I want to prepare you for one of those words that we're not going to find just once today, but we'll find multiple times. So if you are a cynic, I would challenge you. Go ahead and listen carefully. I feel pretty good because we're building upon the Word of God here. This is the Bible that we are teaching. God cannot lie. This is what He's given us. So perhaps it will be more of a blessing to you that it's this emphatic. Maybe you will listen with a cynical ear and try to find something. And I would suggest to us that there are some parts of the message today that we will be a little bit harder to take in, especially when we use this word that is so dogmatic. I'd like for us to stop and pray one more time before we look into God's word. Gracious Father, we would come to you with a wonderful anticipation that as the word of God is being opened, that something beautiful will happen within your children. I would praise you, Father, for your wonderful plan, your incredible power, the sovereignty that you have that would bring every individual that is here today to this place at this time. And I would ask that this would be a sweet time gathered around your word, one that would be encouraging one that would be challenging, one where we would, we would love you more because of our time spent studying the Bible. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday, I had some male instincts kick in. There are some times, whether you're a man or a woman or a child, where there are some instincts that are geared towards you that just jump in and you can't stop them. I got a phone call in the um, early afternoon and my wife and my daughter were driving down um, to some stores. My daughter needs a dress they were looking for and as they were going down there, I get a phone call saying we have a flat tire. Well, some of you guys will understand right away there were some instincts that kicked in. This is my girls that are out there on the road somewhere and I've got to rescue them. I've got to take care of this problem. And as I heard that, um, I, you know, Tina mentioned to me, she said, now there's a couple guys here that said they changed the tire for us. And I said, I'll be right there. I'm coming. I'm coming, honey. And there was something within me that had to be there. And I was about 15 minutes away. And so I got in my car. and well, I got dressed in some clothes that I can lay on the ground in and get all dirty. And I was ready to, you know, 
get my man card out and show everybody my man card as I was taking care of my girls. And I drove down there, and as I was driving down, I was having some thoughts. I'm going to pause that story, and I'm going to finish that at the end and tell you exactly how it ended. As we come to God's Word today, there are some topics that oftentimes will come back again and again. There are some topics that are hard to hear a lesson on. I I love learning from other pastors, and I remember there was one pastor's wife who told the pastor this. He said, every time you preach on a Mother's Day, all the women go home feeling just wonderful and lifted up and blessed. And every time this pastor preached on Father's Day, all the fathers went home feeling like garbage and convicted and beaten down. And I can understand that. There are some topics that oftentimes we come back to again and again. And I think that for the topic that we're talking about today, there's going to be very much so a mixed group here. I think there, will some, there are some that will be challenged by what we're going to be talking about. I think there will be some that, should, that will be encouraged, and there are many of you that should be encouraged. And then if you're like me, you're going to be a mix of both being challenged and being encouraged. We're going to talk about the topic of prayer today. The Apostle Paul, um, he writes extensively on this. We're just going to cover one verse in detail. And there are some areas that we can be encouraged by. I'm going to go over different kinds of prayers. We're going to see different categories that perhaps will be a challenge to you or maybe will be a blessing to you. Now, as I wrestle with the text every week, I went through right away and I said, okay, there are some areas where I need some work, where I feel convicted. But it's also nice where there are some areas that we're encouraged by. Let me share both sections with you so you can know how I was approaching uh, the Bible this week. Areas that I'm encouraged with, well, one area is forgiving others. I typically don't hold a grudge. I don't. I don't have a long, I don't have a long memory, first of all, but... I just don't hold a grudge. It's nice to be walking with Jesus Christ and to come to a point where I am confronted with how much I have been forgiven of on a regular basis. And that oftentimes is where my mind goes when I'm thinking of someone that's hurt me. So I'm encouraged with that, that I don't have something uh, between myself and a lot of others. Short accounts, I'm encouraged in that way. I keep very short accounts with God and I do uh, stumble and I do sin and it is a, a, a practice in my life to keep short accounts. My dependence upon God and, and that goes along with my inadequacies quite a bit and I don't say that as a, as a false humility. I feel oftentimes overwhelmed at the task that I have and specifically with so many of my inadequacies And so there is a big dependence upon God that I would hate to get away from. Areas that I'm seeking improvement in prayer. I'm not sure if anybody else would relate to this, but sometimes when I am praying, my mind wanders. I mean, I can be intentionally praying for someone, for something, and then 15 minutes later, my mind's been thinking about something totally different, something else. Sometimes I'll even go to look up a name or I'll see something that reminds me of something to pray for and I'll get totally distracted. That's an area where I need to work on that. 
a lack of faith for something extraordinary. I think that I fail in this area. Wanting God to do something incredible and big, not wanting me to do it, but wanting God to do that. And sometimes I am super realistic when I pray. And I think God wants me to step out on faith a little bit more. Group prayer, praying with others, public praying. I think this is an area that I and our church could improve in. All right, would you like to see what the Apostle Paul has to say about prayer? Ephesians chapter 6, that's where we're going to be this morning. We will turn to one other place, but right now, Ephesians chapter 6. The topic of prayer today comes just after Paul has described each piece of the spiritual armor. And there's an expectation that with each piece of the spiritual armor, that prayer is going to go along with that. Now, I'm going to read verse number 18, and I'm going to give you an assignment before we read that. And your assignment is to look for that word that I mentioned earlier. There's a word repeated four times. And for some of us who are a little bit critical when we hear dogmatic words, your ears might perk up. Verse 18 of Ephesians 6. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Just that one verse that we're going to cover today. Now, for some of you, you'll be pleased that we're going to go back to seventh grade grammar right now. For some of you, you could care less about seventh grade grammar. When we look at a couple different words here in this verse, the word praying and then the words keep alert, these are not commands like we typically find commands in the Bible. Instead, it's going to be helpful for us to understand that these are actually participles. These are participles that point us back to verse number 14. And if you want to do like me, you can draw a line in your Bible. I've got a line drawn from the word prayer and the word alert all the way up to verse 14 where it says stand. Stand firm is the main idea in verse 14. And we get the spiritual armor, but this idea of prayer and staying alert, it points us right back to this ability to be able to stand. And so the idea, stand firm by praying, stand firm by keeping alert, that's what he's getting at. Now, say it out loud if you found it. What was the word that was repeated four times there? Say it out loud. All. All All right. So we find the word all repeated there. We're going to go over all four of these, and that will be our four main points. We're going to spend the majority of our time on the first one. Number one, praying at all times. Praying at all times. If you have some experience with the New Testament, specifically in the area of prayer, this is going to remind you of another verse. Perhaps you can even quote that verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. And there are many Christians, I said this is going to be hard for some. There are many Christians who are immediately skeptical when they hear something like pray without ceasing, praying at all times. We want to look for some kind of an excuse or some kind of an answer. Was this a bad translation in the the Greek here? Is that what the problem is? Or is this just something that's only for a few select people? Is that what's going on? Some of you people that are a little more sarcastic might say, well, sure, Paul, 
If I was chained up all day, I'd be praying without ceasing too. But I'm not chained up all day. I've got all kinds of stuff that I'm busy doing. If you have quickly dismissed these um, challenges about prayer, to pray without ceasing as something that's for somebody else, maybe something that's for um, older people that have time on their hands, I want to ask you right now to have an open mind as we approach this. Let me tell you this. God does not mock his children. I remind us of this when I come across a challenge in God's word that seems difficult to take in. God is not mocking you and me. And by that I mean this. God never commands us to do something without giving us the ability to do that. And there's no mistake in the translation here. God is saying praying at all times. This is for the same Children, sons and daughters that are putting on that spiritual armor. So every one of us, God does not mock us. He gives us the resources to obey and the ability to obey. If you're taking notes, I'll give you a couple different lines that are helpful for me with this. The phrase with all prayer literally means at every opportunity. At every opportunity. Both the phrase pray without ceasing and praying at all times give us a word picture. As you study through this, you get the word picture that it's not someone who is nonstop chanting and praying. For some that have been, had the opportunity to go to Israel, you can go to the wailing wall there and there are people that are just constantly reading out of a prayer book, just rocking and reading, nonstop prayer. That's not the idea here. The idea here, and here's the word picture that's so helpful for me, when it says pray without ceasing and with all prayer, it actually gives the idea of a, of a nagging cough, okay? I know a cough is a negative illustration, but I think it will help you to understand what God is commanding us to do here. A, a nagging cough. So if you talk to someone, maybe today, and they will say, you know, I coughed all night last night. We know what they mean when they say that. If someone says, I coughed all night last night, we do not think that they were coughing nonstop, nonstop. Take a breath, cough, take a breath, cough for eight hours. Is that what you think they meant? No. If they say, I coughed all night last night, it means they had a little spell of coughing and then they stopped for a little bit and then Maybe about a minute later, they coughed again a little bit, cleared their throat. Perhaps even they almost got to where they could fall asleep and they're so tired. And yet that cough comes back, that nagging cough. That's the picture of what we're talking about here, praying without ceasing. The idea of praying at all, at all times means that we keep coming back again and again to God. We don't have to bother with the formalities. There are some individuals that have never prayed without saying, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've given us. You don't have to bother with the formalities. That's not an inroad to the Heavenly Father. You can call out to Him at all times. How are we going to apply this? Well, we apply it in this way. When we face temptation... Then I come to God and ask for a way of escape. In fact, you can come with boldness to God. You can quote 
the word of God that says he will not tempt you above that you are able to leave that temptation. He'll make a way of escape. You can quote God's word back to him and claim that promise. This idea of praying without ceasing means when we experience something beautiful, that means we praise God. I was talking with a friend of mine. I've known her for years and years, and we were in the uh, parking lot of one of these big department stores, and I was telling her about something going on in my life, and all of a sudden she stopped, and she looked back, and she said, oh, my goodness, and the sky just had one of these gorgeous skies with this different multi-palette of colors. And she said, oh, thank you, God, for that. Right in the middle of our conversation. Then made eye contact again, and we continued on. And it took me back a little bit. What's she doing? She's praying without ceasing. She saw something that God did that she wanted to praise for, and she didn't write it down. Make a note later on to praise God for that. She stopped right then, and she praised God for it. Praying without ceasing means that when we observe evil, and how often is that? When we observe evil, it means that we pray maybe for God's comfort to someone who's on the receiving end of that evil. Perhaps we pray as how we might be involved in changing that in some way or in our world. With all prayer means that when we find someone that does not know Christ, we go to God. God, would you, would you reveal yourself to them? God, is there a way that I can be a part of that? It means that when we are in trouble, we go to God. When you're in trouble, you go to God. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He owns it all and he made it all. Praying without ceasing means we come to him. This might be the best line that I'm about to give um, in this area of praying without ceasing. Our life becomes a perpetual communing with God. A perpetual communing with our God. We don't view prayer just as a bank. We visit God when we need something. And if I don't have any needs this day or tomorrow, then I don't need to visit God too much. That's not the idea at all. And this has been a learning process for me. I've learned a lot from people around me. I learned a lot from my wife in this area. And I'll just confess to you, when we were first married, I was not strong in this idea of praying without ceasing. And she was going out to uh, find something. She needed to get something. And she said, pray for me to get this here and write to find this. And right away, I thought to myself, brother, we've got missionaries from our church that I'm not praying for. And you expect me to stop and pray for you to find this little tiny thing? Really? That's more important than the missionaries over there living in the huts with the snakes. No. You see, she knew more about it than I did. It is a perpetual communing with God. And thankfully, she's patient. And thankfully, God is patient with us. Let me repeat that. God is patient with you. God allows us to learn this in good time. And sometimes we think that this huge prayer request, we have to go um, before God and these small ones, we don't go before God. Well, let me just stop and ask this question to you. That maybe this will bring it into perspective. I mentioned this yesterday in our men's prayer breakfast. What is a small prayer request to God 
versus a big prayer request to God. Think about it. All right, so you think God is up there, and I've got a, I've got a whopper. I got something heavy on my heart. I got a big one. And I'm going to call out to God with this big request. Do you think God's up there saying, you know, Jeremy, you've already given me four big requests this week. I am running out of resources. This is a big one, Jeremy. Why don't you pepper a few small ones in? Why don't you do that? What is big for God? Shake your heads. Nothing. Nothing. There is nothing that is too big for God. And it will dominate you. It, will, it can hold you down on the ground figuratively. It can be everything. And for God, it's as simple as snapping fingers. There is nothing that is too big for God. So God used to come down in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, and he would fellowship with them. And today we know that God is always present, whether it's for receiving praise or hearing a, requre- a request from his child. So instead of, so this idea of praying without ceasing, instead of coughing, I coughed all night, if someone asked you, did you pray yesterday? You can say, man, I prayed all day. I prayed all day. And that's how it should be. By the way, there's a great accountability that comes with that. All right, let's go on to the second one there in verse 18. With all prayer and supplication. It is key to know that there are different kinds of prayer. And that's why I think so many people get stuck on this. I had somebody ask me one time, are are you okay with all the prayer requests that you're receiving? Because there can be hundreds of prayer requests over the weeks that I will receive. And if I have to, you know, do all this bookkeeping, keep all these straight, and then go and follow up and find this out, and there can be a place for that, But very much so, there are different kinds of praying. One of those kinds is going to be keeping a list. Maybe you have a list. I know some of you pray for me on a regular basis, and I covet that. I could not tell you how much that means to me, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Different kinds of prayer. In the Psalms, we find people praying through singing. And that comes through. I did that this morning. Grace alone. My goodness, what a beautiful song. We can pray through singing. In the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, we find prayer and worship. We find prayer and praise. We also find prayer for God's will to be done. We find prayer to invite God to provide for our personal needs, confession of sin, and to deliver us from temptation. And here's what you can do. There's something that we use on the computer that many people are very familiar with. It's called click and drag, all right? If you're not familiar with click and drag, here's what it is. If you have a, something on your computer, like an icon or maybe a file, and you want to put that somewhere, maybe you want to store it in a different file folder, or maybe you want to throw it in the recycle bin, what you do is you take your mouse and you click on that, and you drag it over to wherever you want to put it. We need to have a practice of click and drag when it comes to our prayer requests, moving them from the prayer area over to the praise area. If you're praying for someone about something, you need to say, I'll pray for that, and you need to pray for that. And it can be immediately afterwards. 
And then when someone shares with you what God has done, you can say, you know what, I'm going to move that to my praise list. Click and drag. Put it right into your praise list. Because, oh, how soon we forget. There are prayers of desperation. Have you been there? Have you been to that place of desperation? The end of your resources? I say this with mixed feelings because I've been in a place of praying in desperation and I do not like it. I hate being at that point. But let me suggest to you, this is what God does. God will take you to a place of desperation where you can't even find the words, where you can do nothing to solve this problem of yours. And then God gets involved and what happens is, is that becomes one of your biggest praises. Oftentimes when you hear someone give a testimony of what God is doing and what God did, this incredible thing that God did 10 years ago, it started out with a place of desperation. And we click and drag it. And then we praise God. And then when you sing in prayer, some of those words are so sweet and special to you because you're not just reading it, you have lived it. And so when you've been at that place, God does something beautiful with it. We can have uh, prayers that we read. We do this sometimes at my dinner table in my house. We should be challenged and also encouraged by the different kinds of prayer. Number three, praying with all perseverance. Praying with all perseverance. And I'm going to ask you to turn to Luke 18, if you will. Luke chapter 18 is a section I'm going to read from. One writer said this about praying with all perseverance. He said, most of us quit praying for something just before God is about to give the victory. Now, I'm not sure how he knows that, but it sure is challenging, isn't it? We stop praying right before God's about to give the victory. What might be something that you persevere in with prayer? Well, for me personally, those that are closest to me. I do not have those that are closest to me's names written down on a list that I pray for. Do you know why? Because I've got them memorized. They're first. They come first. I persevere by coming and praying for this one and these specific areas and then praying for this one and these specific areas. And I don't have to write it down because I've persevered in this area. You may persevere in an area where you are weak. And let me recommend that. If you've got a weakness, pray about it. Persevere. If it's going to help you to glorify God more by getting better in that area, pray about that. Persevere. You may persevere when you've exhausted your resources. Jesus gives us a great parable in Luke 18. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. This is the parable of the persistent widow. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, 
Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because of this widow, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? We must not lose heart when persisting in prayer. And don't miss the illustration. God's not some uncaring uh, judge. God loves you. He loves us more than anybody loves us. And so he wants right. And so it's not the idea that we have to nag him. It's not that God's not saying, yeah, well, he's not toying with us. On our side, he is trying to teach us something by coming back again and again. And by the way, sometimes he answers in such a better way. I had a prayer warrior that that I love and adore, and she's now gone off to be with Jesus. And she said this in some of her thoughts about prayer that she wrote down for me. She said, sometimes I pray dumb prayers. (laughs) And aren't you glad that God doesn't get a dumb prayer and say, Cool, let's give that guy enough rope to hang himself. God never does that. God says, pretty sure I've got something better in mind for you. So if it seems like he's saying no or saying wait, just hang on. Have faith that he is good and faithful. God's timetable is not typically the same as ours. Then the last one. Make supplication for all the saints. Making supplication for all the saints. God's plan would be flawed if he had his sons and his daughters isolated for their entire time here in this world. Already in Ephesians chapter 4, we have seen the challenge for the church to unite, local churches to be united together. And if you have not already experienced the incredible blessing of having a brother or sister that you see, maybe every week, maybe more than that, come to you and say, I am praying for you. And then you see them later on and they ask you, well, how's your son doing? I've been praying. How's your dad doing? I've been praying. If you have yet to experience that, then you have yet to touch on what verse 18 is saying here with all the saints. There is something special when someone cares enough for you to pray for you. I'm blessed to be on the receiving end of this this all the time. Just this past week, somebody caught me in passing. How can my wife and I pray for you? Is what they said. Well, I wanted it to be good. I thought for a second. He said, how can we pray for you? And I thought for just a moment, and very quickly, one of the things that's causing the most stress in my life right now, one of the most stresses, came right to mind. And I said, you can pray for this, for this topic. You need to be in this place. Just hang around Christians long enough. Get, lead by example. Ask someone how you can pray for them. And don't freak out that you've got to keep this long list. You can keep a list, that's great. But sometimes when you see a car that looks like theirs, you'll think of them and you can pray. 
Or when something, God brings something to your mind that reminds you of them, then you will pray. It's a beautiful way of praying without ceasing. All right, what can you do? Well, we've, we've covered both these already. Number one, carry with you a constant practice of prayer. Carry with you a constant practice of prayer. I talked to a guy years ago, and he was one of the guys that lives a little bit north of Lapeer here, and he drives down to Detroit area. And I told him, I said, for, for years he was making this drive, and I said, man, you could have learned a completely different language with your, you know, your drive time. Just plug in the, the language there, and you can memorize French or Spanish or German or whatever you want. And he stopped me, and he said, well, he said, honestly, I pray during that time. And it was clear that he did that. Some of us need to turn off the radio and pray. Allow God to bring something to us. Carry with us a constant practice of prayer, confident that God is working, confident that it's not in vain. And then second, ask others how you can pray for them. And then tell them you're praying for them. This will strengthen the church. This will strengthen us as the devil is going to come and attack. Remember our focus here, spiritual warfare. All right, I told you I was gonna finish that story that we started with. So I was driving down M15, and I felt the instincts kick in. I'm going to change the tire. I'm going to save the day. I'm going to strut a little bit afterwards, save my girls. And by the time I got down there, there was already a tire on that car. Somebody else did my job. Somebody went over there to where my wife was and my daughter was, and they said, we'll change that tire for you, two guys. And they must have done it real fast, you know, Duke's a hazard fast. They were just going. They changed that tire, and I'm thinking, that was my job. She called me, tire's on. We need some air in the spare, though, so we're going over here. Okay, I'll be right there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. At least I can put some air in the spare tire, and I'm going to check them lug nuts, too, because I'm not sure how tight they put those on, and that's my girl's. So I get there, and by the time I got to the gas station down here, somebody else had come and helped them put air in the tire. <laughs> Do you think I got the, the uh, wrench out and checked those lug nuts? Oh, but, oh yeah. I was, they, were, they were plenty tight, but I pushed him as hard as I could just to say, ah, I did something to take care of my girls. I did a little tiny bit to take care of them. I don't want you to miss the point, Okay. there should be an instinct within you that it is your job to pray. Do not come across something and say, goodness gracious, we better get somebody else to pray for this. We're going to let somebody else jump on board with this. Something should kick in within us if we're going to be prepared for the attacks of the devil. Something should kick in that we should pray and pray instantly. And pray for all people. Pray for all Christians. Pray for those close to you. Persevere in prayer. Trust God's plan. And tell people that you're praying for them. This should be a blessing and a challenge to you at the same time. This is what God is going to do. Until Jesus comes back, he has left us this beautiful line. God the Father and he's not going to listen to a one of us except for Jesus Christ who was crucified and we're going through him. And when he sees me, he says, okay, 
I see you've been washed by the blood of my son, and so I will receive your prayer. Nothing too big, nothing too small. This is his plan for his children. Let's pray. God, when we think of this that we have in prayer, it can be daunting. When we think of the millions and millions of people that I believe are lifting up prayers at the exact same time, that can confuse us. We're trying to find an explanation for it. God, we thank you that you've given us this. We praise you for your word. We praise you for the Holy Spirit within. And we thank you, God, that we always have your ear. Would you allow us to continue to grow in this area, in this way? While everybody has their head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna have Ron play through a song on the piano in just a moment. And as he does, I wanna give you a chance to pray like we typically do. Two categories I would point you to. One category is this. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never asked him for forgiveness and to make you his child, you can pray that even during this time. You can pray. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you would not have to pay for your own sins, but he paid the price. And you can pray even while the piano plays. Maybe you're here today and God's laid something else on your heart. I'd ask you to go ahead and pray. Talk to God. Take just a moment while the piano plays.